If you're tired of the superficial and you're craving real conversation about life, relationships, fears, doubts, and the divine in the middle of it, this is the place for you. My name is Anna Dimmel, and I'm a blogger, writer, and former pastor. And it's my passion to build bridges, not walls, through honest, real conversation and connection. And I want that for you. This is the show that will help you do that and give you not only inspiration and connection, but will help you leave the superficial for good and form the real connections you're craving. Your story matters, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hello there. Welcome to the Behind the Mirror podcast. My name is Anna Dimmel, and I want to welcome you here today. I'm so glad you're here. This week, I'm talking about relationships that we need to let go of, how to let go of the relationships that you're either still in today or that your heart and mind are entangled with from the past. This is such a big deal, and it's something that I know affects so many of you guys. It's affected me, and I cannot wait to talk to you about how to step out of that and move on. So good. Before we dig in, I want to say a huge shout out to the Patreons. You guys are an amazing group. I I do thank you every week, and there's purpose behind that because I want you to know how thankful I am for you. This work wouldn't happen for this single mommy of four without you guys. You guys are the pulse behind this work. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If any of you guys who are not yet Patreons would like to learn more about how to become one, you can go to my website, just at JesusFollower.com, and click on the button Patreon. I love you guys so much. I'm excited to dig into this topic. So here we go. Hello, and welcome back to the Behind the Mirror podcast. This topic today is all about leaving relationships behind you. And I admit, I am a keeper of old things, including old relationships. I, I'm so sentimental. I think that that's probably my issue. I will hold on to things and people way past their expiration date. I think it's because everything in our life has its time and its proper place in our life, right? And for me, those proper times and proper places are so special and so meaningful and leave such a mark on me that when it's time for a new season to begin, I don't want to get rid of the old. I don't want to get rid of or let go of what was behind me. I remember um, when I first married Zach, we were, you know, that whole thing where you're combining your closets. I'm sure all of you people who have moved in with someone else, you know, this is like a big deal, right? Where like you have to make space for each other's stuff and clothes. And I had all these clothes. And of course, I didn't wear half of them, right? But like my closet, I was just bursting out of. I didn't have enough room for all my stuff. And so he looked at me and he was like, so you're going to get rid of some of this stuff, right? And I was like, no. And I was so like protective over these 
things over these clothes that I hadn't worn in forever, but they all had value to me. Like they all had this special memory attached to them, or they symbolized a part of my life that I didn't want to let go of, things like that. And I remember this moment where he was like, yeah, no, you're never wearing this stuff and we're going to clean this out. And I was so upset about this. He brought over one of my best friends and she graciously, calmly helped me say goodbye and put to rest these items in my closet that definitely needed to be put down. (laughs) They needed to go to the pasture, right? They needed to be in another person's closet in another lifetime. Like their wear had passed for me. I think that is true with a lot of things in our life. We get so attached to memories and to people and to things that the idea of letting them go is like letting go of a piece of us. And for any of you that have gone through trauma and gone through pain, this can be especially hard because any of the good things that have happened in your life, the highlight reel of your life, Those things are especially precious to you. If you have felt the sting of the bad, you appreciate the joy of the good that much more. And so when we look at our lives and we look at these timelines and we see the good stuff, we think, oh my gosh, I can't let go of that because I don't know if good will ever happen to me again. I can't let go of this friendship that I may have outgrown or that may be evolving past this season of my life because I don't know that another good one will come. I don't want to let go of of this thing in my life because it's tied to this memory that I don't want to say goodbye to because I'm scared new, better memories might not come. This is real. And this has been real for me. One thing that this season of my life has pushed me to connect with is the idea of more. When you have been a child who's been um, adopted, I have many friends who've adopted children. Many of you guys know my oldest is adopted. Now, my oldest, I didn't adopt through an orphanage or anything like that. She came through a private adoption, but a lot of friends of mine have adopted through the orphanage um, system and through those processes. And a lot of those kids don't come as new babies. They come as kids with stories, with pain, with heartache. And a lot of these kids, one of the main issues that they have when they go into their newly adopted family is they, they hoard, they hold on to food, they'll hide food in their rooms or they'll steal And a lot of this is just simply survivalistic behavior that they learned while they were maybe abandoned and had to live on the street for a while, or they were in an an orphanage where food was scarce, where things like toothbrushes or shampoo, things like that were minimal. And so the more you had, the more safe and secure you felt. These kids, sometimes those traits of hoarding stick with them their, throughout their life. And and it's one of those things that adoptive parents kind of have to learn the ropes of if you've um, adopted a kid who's gone through situations like that. So I think when trauma is in the picture and when pain is in your storyline, wherever it is, whether small or big, this idea of hoarding, this idea of holding on to because we're afraid we won't get more later is a real thing. 
I want to look at this from the angle of relationships because I know that for so many of you, you have been through a loss of friendships. You've been through a loss of maybe a significant other, a relationship that you had to let go of or say goodbye to. You've been through divorce. You've been through an exit of a church community or a faith community or any other group that you felt you once belonged You're now on the other side of that, or maybe even in the transition of that. When that happens, and when you start going into that season of letting go of, this panic thing sets in because you really are unsure that you will ever have anything better. I think a lot of people don't understand this about abused spouses. They they wonder, why would an abused spouse go back? right? That is the age old question. Well, if they were really abused, they wouldn't keep going back to that person. They can't be all that bad. I heard that so many times. I wanted to shake every person that said it. Why does the abused person go back? Because they, it's all they know. There was some shred of good in it. There was, otherwise they wouldn't have been there in the first place. There was something good and they're afraid that they're not going to get anything any better than that. So they stay, they go back, they go back, they go back. And for people who are trying to exit an abusive situation, the fear of not having is enough almost to send them back. It goes into this question of more. Do you believe that the next season of your life can hold more than the last season? Do you believe that the next set of friendships or set of relationships, communities, possible marriage or partnership, do you believe that the next one could hold more than the last? I think the way we answer that question gives us an idea as to why it is so hard for many of us to let go of what was behind, or rather what should be left behind. I'm in this stage now of my life where I've had to say goodbye to things that were very meaningful a couple times. I've said this before. I kind of feel like I've lived a couple lives because of moves and because of divorces and shiftings of groups and communities I was a part of that you kind of feel like you start over like from scratch with nothing and then you rebuild something and then that's something you say goodbye to and then you leave and go start something new. And at this point in my life, I, there was a part of me that really questioned, will there be more? Will there be anything more than what I've had? Is it really possible for me to experience being loved more than I was loved previously? Is it possible that a person could love me more than the spouse who betrayed me? Is that possible? Is it possible that a friend could love me more than the friends who turned their back on me when I needed them? Is it possible that a community could love me more than the community that pushed me out? These are the questions that if you really go inside, go deep inside and force yourself to look at and ask and truthfully answer, this will explain a lot about your ability or your lack of to let go. I think it's a folklore that tells us that we will have 
these perfect friendships or perfect partnerships or perfect spouses or perfect groups that we will belong to throughout our entire life. I think it's a myth. There are some people, and I have a few of these, who, for whatever reason, we stick together through all the changes, all the situations, all of life's ups and downs. I have friends that have stuck with me and I've stuck with them. What makes that friendship different than others? I don't know, but I do know that some just stick. But I don't think that that is going to be the majority of relationships in my life or the majority of relationships in your life. I think that life, much like seasons, life ebbs and flows. And there are people that come into your life at this time and at times before when they were needed. The people that came and showed up in your life 10 years ago had a reason for being there. You needed them in that space. They needed you in that space. It served a purpose. But then when that purpose evolves and now you're shifting and you're moving and you're growing and you're evolving into a new phase of life, you might need something new. You might need different things. You might need different relationships. I think we can tend to feel shame over that or guilt. At least I do. I, I like to attribute myself as having loyalty as one of my strongest strengths. And that may sound odd given that I've chosen to divorce twice. That doesn't sound like a loyal person on the, on the surface. But I think what I've learned about myself is that I, I stay loyal past when I should. Which is why when it finally comes to my exit, it's like a very strong, decisive cut very quickly. And it's because I have so ignored so many of the signs that were telling me it was time to move on, that it was this was no longer healthy for me, that this was not going to grow better. I ignore that so long for the sake of loyalty that I almost kill myself off in the process. And I've seen that with friendships too. I can tend to hold on way past when I should to where the friendship then becomes one-sided, where I keep showing up while they're not. (laughs) And so loyalty being something that I pride myself on and that I do like about myself is something I've had to readdress. What does being loyal really look like for me? Am I going to be loyal to a friend at the expense of being loyal to me? Am I going to be loyal to a person who isn't healthy for me? Or am I going to be loyal to where I feel God is pushing me to move into now? The changes that I know are needed for me. Which is going to get my loyalty? You know, we this idea of being loyal to people and loyal to others around us, it's it's like this martyrdom self-sacrificing thing because it's nothing to be proud of to be loyal to a person when you're forgetting to be loyal to you first. It's like that Bible verse that says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's implied that we're going to love ourselves well. Otherwise, why would we love our neighbor like that if it wasn't good? So if you're not loyal to you first, then a loyalty to somebody else is is misplaced. 
So I've had to relook at that and readdress where my loyalty really lies. And I have found that when I'm loyal to me first, then I can be the best loyal friend or partner or mom or person involved in a community than I ever could be otherwise. But me being loyal to me has required some tough calls and it's required me to say goodbye to some parts of my life that were really good. Some parts of my life and people in my life that will always hold a special place, but it's time now for that place to be moved into something different. The beautiful thing about growing is that we see, especially in children, you can see how the needs that a child has when they're a baby are not the same needs that they have when they're a teenager. Well, I don't know. Actually, I could make an argument that my teenager can act like a baby a lot. <laughs> it's funny. The tantrums kind of come back a little bit. But it, but in all seriousness, she doesn't need a bottle or formula. That was a primary need for her when she was a baby. She needed that comfort. She needed that thing, right? She needed naps a lot when she was little. But now, as a teenager, she doesn't need a bottle. She doesn't need naps. Were those no longer important? No, they were very important. They held a huge, significant role in her life as she was growing as a little teeny tiny thing. But now she has different needs. Now she needs like five hamburgers at dinner for Pete's sake because she's a hungry athlete. Now she needs a lot of time with her friends because she's learning how to be social and she's learning how to have her independence that way. She doesn't need to be napping every two hours. She needs to be learning and socializing every two hours. Her needs have changed. Does that mean it's wrong? No, it means it's healthy. See, we can see this in a physical aspect, but when we look at this from an emotional aspect with our relationships and who we are spending and investing our time with, it feels so clouded. But I want to challenge you to step outside of yourself and try to look at yourself like you would a child. Your needs should be different than what they were 10 years ago if you're growing in a healthy fashion. Will I always have a need for alone time because I'm an introvert? Yes. That is a need I've had since I was a child that I will continue to have probably even more so the older I get. There are some needs that will always stay, but a lot of the day in, day out things that I require are different. The types of friendships I require now and benefit the most from are different than what I required 15 years ago. One of my favorite friends um, when I was in high school was, was this dear friend of mine. We got married at the same time. We had babies at the same time. We even adopted dogs at the same time, right? Like we were glued and our lives were very parallel, which made our friendship so important because we were in the same seasons of life over and over and over again. And we lived close by. We could drive to each other's houses really quickly and we could plan dinners together really easily. And it was just needed. I needed that friendship during that season. And I cannot even think of what my life would have looked like without her during those years. Now we live really far apart. We're on totally different sides of the state line. She's on one side, I'm on the other. Our kids are in totally different activities. We have different age ranges now that we've had more throughout the years. 
and I've been divorced. She's still with her same husband. And there's just, our lives are not parallel anymore. Does that mean I love her less? No. In fact, I just sent her a message the other day telling her how that place in my heart for her will never leave me because who she has been to me in some of the most important monumental times of my life will never go away. That is a spot she will always hold. I'm so thankful for that. And I think she would say the same about me. But our lives now require different things. She has her rhythm with her people and her world. I have my rhythm with my people and my world. And it's just our worlds have drifted. There can be this pressure that tells you when things like that happen that, oh my gosh, you're being a bad friend. You need to go chase that down. Or you just need to like somehow connect them into your world now. And I guess sometimes that's needed. But oftentimes, the natural flow of life will pull us apart when it's time to be pulled apart. And the natural flow of life will pull you towards people that you need to be pulled towards when the time is right. One of the best gifts that I've given to myself this past year is that permission that says, it's okay to let go. I'm not betraying anybody when I say that it's time for me to now invest more time elsewhere. I'm not being a failure. I'm not letting people down, although sometimes it makes me feel that way. I can't be letting others down when I am staying true to not letting myself down. Because if I chose other people over myself, I wouldn't really be giving them the best of me anyway. That permission of saying it's okay to let go and say goodbye to certain seasons of life so that new seasons can begin. So many of you know that you are in a season of transition where you just feel like, okay, this friendship, I need to shake it off. I need to move on. Or even a marriage that you know has gone past its expiration date or a partnership or even a community that you're a part of where you just know this is not right for me anymore. It was right a few years ago, but it's not right for me now. There can be a lot of guilt and shame over that because like when we had Kirby on the podcast a few weeks ago, there is shame around change. But I want to tell you that instinct that you hear inside that little small voice that so many of us are so good at tuning out, that voice, when he or she says inside of you, hey, let's, let's just back off from this. It's time, it's time to go. It's time to move on from this. The best thing you can do is give yourself permission to listen to it because that voice is always right. It is always, always right. But there comes, circling back to what I talked to at the beginning, when we listen to that voice, when we actually acknowledge that that voice has a say, the next voice that pops in, kind of like, you know, you got the angel on one shoulder, the devil on the other, right? The other voice that pops in is immediately the one that says, but you're not going to have enough. If you let go of this, there won't be more for you because this is all that you're given. And so we hoard. We tend to listen to that fear and we hoard and hold on to relationships and people and groups and things and beliefs even that we need to let go of. 
I think when you're able to recognize that this tug of war is even happening inside your heart and inside your head, you have jumped into a world of growth. Because when you're just aware of it and able to acknowledge it, that's half the battle. When I was able to recognize what I was doing and the pattern of behavior that I've been in for so long of hoarding and holding on to simply for fear of lack, for fear of not having more, I saw the silliness of it. Because the truth is, I believe in a God of more. I believe in a world and in a universe all working together for my good. I believe in the story of death and new life. I believe in the story of when things die, new things are born. I believe in redemption. This is my faith. The core of my faith is that rhythm. And so for me to deny that rhythm in this part of me is truly denying myself and denying what I believe in. I don't believe in a God that withholds good things. I don't believe in a God that says you don't deserve that. I don't believe in a God that says that's not good enough for me. I don't believe in a God that says, no, you don't get it this time. Try it again. I don't believe in that. The God I believe in, the God I know, the presence I know is so much more than that. The one I know says, I have so much more for you. You have no idea. The God I know says, okay, you're going to meet me halfway. I'm going to meet you even beyond halfway because I love you that much. I'm going to go an extra mile for you. The God I know says, you look tired. Stop trying. Rest. Let me take it from here. The God I know says, if you lay that down and let this thing go, I will fill your hands with twice as much. The God I know says, it's okay to let things die when it's time because new things will be born. Good new things will come. This is the God I know. And so when I apply that to this scenario of relationships and allowing myself to adjust from a hoarder's standpoint to a receiving standpoint. It's a game changer. So much shifts. Because I now see that when I let go of a space in my life and a space in my heart that I know it's time to move on from, I don't look at it as a loss and a panic and a fear of I better grapple on to what's left of that because I may not get anything else. Instead, I see it as an opportunity for that space to be filled with something more something that speaks to my life now, something that will propel me into the years ahead. Every person that has held a significant part of my journey behind me will always hold a significant part in my journey. Always. I don't look at the things from my past with regret. I don't look at the things from my past with a with a sadness of why can't that still be? I don't. I, I truthfully now look back and say thank you. Because every person behind me, every voice that spoke into my life in the years behind me leading up to this point, they got me here. And thank God for that. 
I am moving forward. And that rhythm, that pulse of those people, those groups, those things, they held such weight. They pushed me here. And I can look back and say, thank you. But I can also look back and say, those voices don't necessarily have a place in my life now. And that is okay. That's okay. The season you're in now deserves to be honored. And I, and I think we have this obsession in our, in our minds. I don't know if this is like unique to people or if this is just the way the world has always, like, I don't know if this is unique to people currently is what I'm trying to say versus mankind historically. I'm not sure, but we seem very obsessed with things from the past relationships from our past, heartbreaks from the past, good things from the past, highlights from the past. Like we can almost exaggerate the good and the bad so big in our past that we kind of remember it falsely. And I think this is why bitterness is such a real thing for so many people when they're older and why the good old days seem so romantic and fascinating and like so awesome for older people because in reality, they're remembering it a bit skewed. I'm I'm captivated by this and fascinated by this because I think that being present-minded and being future-minded is where growth happens. And yet, so many of us are past-minded. We let the voices from the past hold a place that they shouldn't hold anymore, whether good or bad. We allow weighted things from the past, typically the hard stuff, hold us back from our future so heavily when the the thing isn't even here anymore. And it's like, let it go. Let it go. Just like drop it off of you. Take it out of your mind. Take it out of your heart. Thank it for the place that it held in that time, but then say goodbye and move on. We don't need to build a monument and shrine to the thing that you need to move on from and like weep it every day. But we can build a monument to it and give it value and honor, but we can move on so that we can honor what is right here, right now. Mindfulness, being present in what's happening now is where the life comes from. It's how we keep going. It's how we keep moving. It's how we don't get stuck. Whatever relationships you need to say goodbye to, whether actually physically say goodbye to and move on from, or even just in your heart, release yourself from, give yourself permission to do that so that you can open up space for more. Go in peace. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. You can find my blog and links to my Instagram and Facebook account on my website at justajesusfollower.com. I hope you join us next week for another raw, honest conversation. In the meantime, go in peace and know that you are enough.